Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow, and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, it's time for a data strategy, so settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. So uh, it's another one of those shows that came about uh, in a random conversation uh, with, with today's guest, who I'll, I'll get to introduce in a moment. Um, but we were talking about some of the things that we kind of see in the industry that drives the way people talk about building data strategies. Um, and, and as people have listened to the show before and seen to my blog postings, uh, they know data strategies is one of my favorite topics. Um, so, so we had an interesting kind of off-the-cuff com- uh, conversation, and I thought it would make a pretty good podcast. So um, so I thought I'd invite uh, my, my my random friend on who we were having this conversation with uh, to, to come and have a chat. Uh, it's a returning guest to the podcast. So um, happy to welcome back Matt Watts. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Paul. It's nice to be back, actually. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So uh, yeah, I'm glad that my random comment um, gave you a, a thought for a possible topic for the podcast. Looking forward to the chat. Yeah, well, at least, uh, well, in the random comments that you normally give me, this one was uh, fit for broadcast. So, um, so I, th- I thought I'd take the opportunity. So, um, but yeah, no, great to have you back on. And uh, you know, you say it has has been a while. Uh, but well, before we jump into our topic, um, uh, for people who've not heard you before, maybe don't know who you are, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, Matt Watson. I'm the Amir CTO for NetApp. Um, I'm long term NetApp employee. In fact, this is my. In fact, next week is my 15th year with NetApp. So I, I've been in the industry for quite a long time. And I guess I've, I've seen, you know, from the very, very early days where, you know, it was very much focused on infrastructure through to the kind of the virtualization period. And now where we're going when people are thinking about kind of hybrid cloud, multi-cloud type environments. Um, so I spend most of my time with customers or with potential customers for us. Um, so I get to I get to kind of see both sides of the story. I get to be involved in looking at what do we think our strategy needs to be? What are the products, the solutions, the partnerships that we need to have as, uh, as a company going forward? But also what does the future look like for companies that I talk to? How are they starting to think about a more strategic plan for what their business is going to look like, what IT needs to be able to do to support that, where the cloud fits in, and, and hopefully a bunch of that stuff we can we can chat about this morning. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think um, I was interesting you talk about uh, your, your time at NetApp because I, I think I've known you for pretty much all of that time. Um, I, I remember when we first, um, we, my, my kind of first interactions with NetApp, you were, um, you were, I think, called a, a tech marketing engineer, um, so something along those lines. So um, it, it's uh, it's aged me, um, if not you, uh, and, uh, realizing how long I've known you. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think um, it's, it's a really interesting topic and kind of our conversation came about because we'd seen... Um, um, you know, as you often see, that that some vendors were making uh, some some announcements around new technology, and that kind of led to a conversation we had around how disruptive that can be sometimes, and whether we're focused in the right areas when we start to look at how we manage our data and how we design the platforms that are going to hold this kind of uh, really crucial business asset that we've got. So, um, well, I mean, do, do you want to kind of um, give, give us a little bit of background to what kicked off your comment um, and, and how we ended up with this this kind of conversation around data strategy? Yeah, sure. So, um, so, I mean, so it was kind of triggered by the fact that there's a, there's an upcoming launch coming from um, from Dell EMC. Um, effectively, they're they're going to be launching a new mid range product to supersede you know all of the technology they have in that space right now, the Unity Compellent and and the Isolon products. You know, but that, that's that's kind of an aside. Um, but what it got me thinking about was how focused and fixated we still get on boxes. 
And, you know, when I think about what our competitive team will do, they'll create a lot of comparisons of, you know, how does this box compare to that box? And and I sort of tried to, to play that into how do my conversations go? And, you know, whilst technology, the physical manifestation of technology does come into my discussions, it's usually much later on in the discussion, most people that, that I go and talk to are they're, they're thinking about, you know, what is kind of what does transformation mean for us as, a, as an organization? Um, and even more so in the situation we find ourselves in, companies are thinking about if we had done some transformation, would we have been better prepared? If this carries on and or if this ever were to happen again, what would that transformation look like? And, and it, it becomes very clear that the most important asset that they have is their data. Um, and because of that, most companies that, that I speak to, because I'm still doing a lot of virtual briefings with, with companies at the moment, are looking at what is the, the strategy that we need to formulate around our data? How do we make sure that we have what we need, that we can get what we should have, that we can ensure it's in the right place at the right time so that people can do the most with it? Um, and it, it invariably leads to a discussion around before we get talking about technology, can we have a discussion about what my data strategy needs to look like? And once we can understand that, once we've got a feeling for what a data strategy is, at that point, we can start to try and map that down into, well, what would the the technology strategy that would need to be in place to underpin that look like? And then you kind of get to, you know, well, okay, well, what would be the physical technologies that I want to buy and, and or I'm going to invest in that would bring this to life? So, you know, I think that, that for me was where it kind of gets interesting. And when we, we look at, you know, a what could well be it to, to some degree, some sort of disruptive process, I think this is a good time for people to just stop and think. You know, if your strategy has been to buy the latest bit of technology from a particular vendor and, you know, and that's about to happen again, is this a good time to just stop or just pause for thought and think, okay, before I make another investment, even if that turns out to be the best piece of technology, before you make that investment, I think people have got to be much, much more clear on what is our data strategy? What does that look like? What are the the broad elements of that? Because we may want to use the cloud. We may want to have on-premises technology. But if you get that right up front, then at least it means that when you do make an investment into a piece of technology, which might be on paper the best piece of technology, it doesn't actually give you what could be a really bad solution because it doesn't fit into this this broader level kind of data strategy that you're trying to work out. Yeah, I think I'm with you absolutely 100%, you know, and it it, it kind of mirrors very much the conversations that, that I have day to day. Um, you know, I think the idea that, uh, and again, 100% agreement, I, I think too often, and maybe still we are, um, a little overly focused on hardware platforms, on locations. Um, and for me, the conversation really does need to change around the other way. And we should have that focus on our data because because kind of ultimately the data is the, is the primary asset that we hold. You know, that's the thing that actually we're interested in. It's the thing that delivers the outcomes. It's the thing that helps us make decisions, interact with our customers. You know, it's not the hardware that we run it on. It's not the location where, where the data data lives. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've all had that conversation around the reality is you want the data in the best place uh, with access to the best applications, best technology that you need to, to, to get the very best value from it. So, um, so, so I say I'm with, with you 100%. I think it's absolutely time for us to start to change the way we have our conversations and start to change the way that we focus when we talk about infrastructure, you know, and, and, and I've for a while talked about this idea with, with people around 
you know, because lots of people I talk to have IT strategies that talk more generically around their technology, um, but very few of them, although lots of them will talk about how important data is, have a very focused data strategy. So, you know, so when, so when you talk about data strategy, Matt, what what what's, um, what kind of things do you think about? You know, what what would you be talking to people about that they should consider and make part of a data strategy? Yeah, so so I think how did I mean maybe it's interesting just to sort of look at how did this come about and why do I think this is so important? You even more important going forward and I think having been with NetApp for 15 years I've got that that kind of experience of looking back at to what were the conversations what did the world look like 15 years ago and what are the the, the, the sort of the waves that we've gone through and you know if you think back to those very early days you know infrastructure and applications were tied very very closely together and whilst data clearly had value, it was it was still a part of a, a of a system. It was a system of record, to be perfectly honest. And then what I think happened is we sort of went into the era of virtualization, um, and increasingly of this 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 new set of generations of applications, the Cloudera, Hortonworks, the you know all of those sort of generations of analytical type systems of NoSQL systems. I think what we saw was there was a, a separation or a or increasing separation between the IT teams that were focused on the platforms and the virtual the virtualization teams and the next generation of kind of application owners and developers and, and, and as that separation occurred it created a void between the two and that void for me was kind of the birth of DevOps it was that there needed to be a group that could still tie these two things together because the the applications and the, the, the capabilities at that layer could be extremely well enhanced by the having the right infrastructure platforms. So we've kind of gone through those two eras. And I think data became increasingly important as that started to happen because as you virtualize, more and more of what you have is data. And I think now I kind of see that we're coming towards a third wave. And the third wave is that more and more of the kind of transformation initiatives that are happening within a company are happening within line of business. There are um, teams looking at artificial intelligence, looking at deep analytics, looking at you know a whole bunch of new initiatives that could be the game changers for their particular business. And they are even further away from IT than we had before. That, that we're creating a new void. And I think what I'm starting to see, and I'm also starting to hear, um, and you may have come across this as well, is a new term called data ops. And whether that is the term or whether that's just the the, 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 the wrapper we put around it, but what that's starting to show to me is with this, again, this increasing separation, if you think about what somebody with AI needs, they need to get the right data from wherever that data is back to a location where they can bring it together in order to be able to use it to train the AIs. And they need capabilities around that. Um, and data ops is, is kind of lending itself towards that. It's how do we look at the data that we have, the data we could get? How do we make sure it's where it needs to be? How do we make sure it's updated, it's refreshed, it's compliant? It has all of those characteristics to enable a line of business to be able to do what they do. Whilst that's all still quite early, for me, that's a huge indicator that the focus going forward has to be more and more and more around what are the line of business initiatives, what are the data requirements that they have, and therefore, how do you start to put together a strategy that maps line of business data and then all of the kind of underlying technologies and partnerships you might need to put in place to be able to, to connect that thing from end to end? 
Yeah, I think that's a huge shift, isn't it? You know, I think the um, the idea, and it's interesting the way you, you kind of you presented that in that, uh, you know, and again, and it does match the kind of the experience I'm seeing elsewhere in that the way that organizations are looking at how they use technology. So let's forget about IT for a moment, but how they use technology in their business, which is this idea of we need it to drive business outcomes. How do we do that? There's these things that we might be able to use. You know, it's it's AI, it's how we use public cloud, it's how we use machine learning. You know, can they can they help us to do things do things better? And I think you know, obviously, we're recording this while many of us are still under under lockdown during the, the COVID nineteen nineteen pandemic. Honestly, that's its only mention mm-hmm. um, that it's getting today. But I think also that has driven this kind of huge shift in organisations taking a new look at how they manage data and applications and provide access to it because it's had to. Um, and I think it is a it's a big shift from my my view has been that that often the way that data strategy has formed inside of an enterprise has been that the IT team have decided we need some new hardware because our hardware is coming to, you know, we've we've had some some equipment for the last five years. It's time for a refresh. What's my favorite vendor doing or what's the, you know, what's the cool vendor in the market doing? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy that. I'm going to implement it. And then I'm going to go back to my enterprise and say, right, I've given you a new data, data infrastructure, Uh, put your data on it, see how you get on. You know, the question was never really asked about what is it that we need need from our data, you know. And, and I mean, is that is that kind of what you're getting at? I mean, that's what it sounds like. You know, it's that that kind of shift from organizations saying, no, we, we need to be able to do stuff. And that for an IT team, they need to start looking at that and saying, right, how do we how do we enable that? Not how do we dictate what the limitations are by kind of picking our, you know, our favorite vendor or picking our favorite technology? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll make a sweeping generalization. I don't think anybody should be buying a piece of technology unless they've actually worked with and consulted with their line of business or the lines of business that are going to be using it to find out whether it's the right piece of technology. Um, like I said previously, you know, you might buy, you might buy what you on paper is the best what you think is the best piece of technology but it might provide the worst solution for the groups that are trying to kind of undertake some kind of transformation um, through data and through a new set of, of applications so I, I think it's, it's it's increasingly important to and then I blogged about this a little while ago um, which was I, I kind of I talked about that the, the value that you can that technology can offer underneath the data has incredible value and incredible capabilities as to how it can enable the teams of people that are working above the data. But if you don't know what it is that the teams above the data are trying to achieve, then how can you make the right technology investments for what it is that you're going to put underneath that? Um, and, and I think a lot of that has kind of led to you know the way we've been thinking about data fabrics, the way that we very much begin our discussion. Discussions, certainly I do, around what is it you're trying to do? What is it that you, you need to be able to do with your data, with the applications? And from there, let's start to, to think about this in a slightly more strategic way. Yeah, that, and I think actually that, that I think that, that phrase "strategy" is really important in this as well because I, I think that you know the more we kind of talk about this kind of stuff, that the idea that our data needs inside of an enterprise will be fixed, you know, will, will be met by uh, buying 
a piece of storage from a storage vendor, you know, I think is, is missing a point. You know, for me today, that kind of idea that when we talk about data needs to be much more about a data platform discussion. Yep. So it's not just about where we hold it. It's how we gain insight into it. It's how we analyze its use. It's how we move it around. It's how we protect it, secure it and govern it. You know, is there, again, is that is that something you're seeing in those conversations that people are starting to realize that the way they hold their data is much more than just the storage? It needs um, elements of other kinds of technology integrations to, to give the kind of the full full data experience, if you like. Yeah, I, I mean, it absolutely is. And I, you know, I think, you know, when I, if I think about how I kind of have the NetApp conversation with people, and I don't want to use this to promote NetApp per se, but I want to use it to frame the way I have a conversation. Yes, you know, endpoints um, are important. Having the, 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 being able to bring the right characteristics together to be able to store and manage data, whether that's on premises or whether that's in the cloud, is important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but... What I think is even more important is that next layer up. It's but what are the data services you can offer over the top of that? How are you able to discover where all those endpoints are, where all the volumes that exist within them are? How are you able to integrate them so you can start to set up data movement or data mobility across them? How do you optimize them? How do you protect them? You know, whether it's encryption at rest, encryption in flight, how do you provide compliance? You know, if you're suddenly going to open up the opportunity for companies to move data from on-premises to the cloud, then one, it'll be good for somebody to know that's happening. Because once you kind of open up those two potential endpoints, you know, people could start moving data. So one, you should have the tooling to tell you that that's happening and to warn you whether something is happening that may be outside of, of normal or or allowed behavior, um, and then it's compliance, you know, and being able to understand that if data does go into a particular cloud, has that kind of exposed you to some sort of compliance risk? So for me, endpoints are important, you know, don't get me wrong, you want technology that is fast, that is reliable, that is, you know, that has all of those kind of characteristics. But I think the, the, the real value is now when you start to kind of look at that next layer up and say, yep, yeah, but what are the services that we need to deliver at that next, that next layer? Because it's those services that, that create that, that next level of connection out to the different lines of business or the people that are going to be running applications or technologies over the top of this. Yeah, and I, again, I'm in kind of hundred. Uh, you know, I'm not in not in a long hundred percent agreement with with that because you know, and it does very much mirror kind of the conversation. Which is why when we we kind of had, I say, a, a kind of random conversation about something else that that led to this. You know, I was, I was in such agreement because I think it's hugely important that as we look at how we architect our our data service solutions in the future um it, it's so important that we have those conversations with the wider enterprise with the wider organization say what what is it that we're trying to do here you know what how are we trying to service our customers better how are we trying to service our internal business needs you know what what should we be doing better you know and I, I think it's important the conversation comes both ways you know you, you talked earlier on about um as organizations going through some level of transformation that lots of those decisions have been made far, you know, far removed from IT. I think it's always important that those those parts of a business kind of look to come and talk to the, the technologists inside of an organization as well. It's not just the technologies, technologists going to find people to talk to, but I think for those people to come and find the technologists as well. Um, but I, I just feel without that kind of broader conversation, we're always going to be in this cycle of, buying bits of technology that maybe feel right and maybe occasionally, you know, you might get lucky and it might absolutely be the right choice, but then sometimes it might not be. You know, I, I, I don't think 
the way we use data in a company should come down to luck. You know, there should yeah. be a, probably a little bit more more thinking about that. So, but so, so somebody's listening to this and thinking, yeah, you know, this this idea of data strategy makes sense to me. You know, it's a, it's the kind of thing that I think I should be doing. You know, have you, have you got any kind of tips, any any words of advice around how you might start to put that kind of thing together? You know, the kind of elements that you you might be looking for to to make a, a good robust data strategy. Yeah, so it's so it's about bringing a lot of different people together. In fact, I was I'm actually just working on something else for for, for some training that we're doing internally and um uh mike who's from uh, mike morris he's from our kind of customer one program so that's netapp internal it and uh, and one of the there were a couple of things that really stood out because he was talking about the kind of the automation and some of the self-service that we had been building into our own platforms and what really stood out for me was in 2015 2016 we created a uh, a very highly automated platform called nCloud. And it was very, very clever. There was a lot of automation in it. People could stand up services. And, and what he said was there was almost there was very little uptake. We built something that was technically very, very clever that had a high degree of automation, but it wasn't really being used. And when they kind of sat back and thought about it, they realized it was because they hadn't really engaged well enough with the businesses. They built something that they thought people would use, and you know they hadn't quite got it right. So. After that lesson that they learned, they took a lot of skills forward. So don't get me wrong, it wasn't a wasted investment because they learned a lot from doing it. Um, They then engaged with the business and actually had workshops with the different business owners to say, okay, if we are to evolve this, if we're to create the next kind of one cloud, which is our, our, our latest generation, who needs to be involved and what does it need to do? And I think that was a, a really good example of IT doing something really, really clever, but doing it without really in integrating themselves and understanding what is it that the business actually needs. Um, and and then to accept having gone through that, okay, now we need to get much better plugged into the business to understand what they want. Um, and the adoption of our new technologies, the new kind of one cloud, which is our internal cloud, has been dramatic because it now delivers on the capabilities that the lines of business need. So I, I think it's 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 accepting that somebody, a data strategy has to be owned at a very senior level, you know, because it it it's something that is gonna impact a huge amount of people within the business, whether it's, you know, line of business groups, whether it's application development groups, whether it's IT groups, um, and those groups need to be able to work together. So it, it needs a pretty senior level of focus in order to ensure that it's it's something that everybody participates in and gets involved in. So I think that was that was certainly a, a, an interesting lesson I learned, and and I can tell as I have conversations with companies, they're beginning to to really recognise that that the only way you can bring an effective data strategy to life is bring all of the parties that are going to be involved or benefit from it together. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, um, you know, I, I do think that's hugely important. I mean, it was interesting kind of picking up the couple of lessons from there as well. You know, one was building something technically clever, but never asking whether anybody wanted it. I mean, I think that's something that we, we see way too often uh, in in the technology industry, you know, and, and, and I agree. I think people are starting to learn that lesson now. And I, and I think some of that has been driven by... Uh, the way that we consume IT services now, you know, I think the the move to public cloud in lots of, you know, not necessarily everybody lifting and shifting on mass to public cloud, but the idea that we're using things like an Office 365, for example, where now organizations are very much focused on, yeah, what does it do for me? 
because they know they're no longer delivering kind of that underlying infrastructure you know they're, they're not worrying about that no m- nobody at microsoft is telling them how office 365 works under the covers mm-hmm. it's we just use office 365 what are the things it can do for me and i think that's been a, a big shift um but I, but I also agree wholeheartedly so i think like with any strategy inside of an organization it's 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 got to have that kind of senior sponsorship you know because i think it's not just about when we talk about this kind of thing um and i don't know whether you agree but for me i think it's not just about technology this is very much a cultural shift you know is is that is that something you encourage as well that that people need to think about how they change as an organization when it comes to data strategy yeah i think it's it's much more collaborative you know i think um and we, we've always seen this, that, you know, gradually kind of barriers get broken down, you know, from the early days where you had the guys who were responsible for the servers, the guys responsible for the network, the guys responsible for the storage, you know, then you had the, the guys and girls responsible for the virtualization environments. We, we've we've always sort of grown up with these kind of siloed approaches. Um, and I think with converged infrastructure and hyper-converged infrastructure, you started to collapse that. So within IT, suddenly there the, the weren't the, the distinct boundaries between these different kind of groups, if you like. They became much more closely connected because of, of the way the technology was was put together for them. And now I think it's that sort of that next step of actually, but those three groups are only building platforms for application owners, application developers, and line of business. So you've got to include them as a part of the decision-making process to be able to to, to, to come up with effective strategies and, and the right technologies behind it. So, it, so it's definitely it's definitely changing. Um, it's not easy because you have to involve a large a large number of different groups. Um, but I think that the timing is 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 never better. I mean, you know, again, I don't want to make this all about you know the Dell EMC change, but you know if you're coming up to the point where you need to make another decision about, do we carry on doing what we're doing, but just introduce a newer piece of technology to do it? Um, I think this is the time to just stop and think. You know, a lot of these technologies have been connected into automation and orchestration frameworks. You can paint this any way you like. There is going to be disruption. There is always disruption when you move from one piece of technology to another piece of technology, even if it's from the same vendor. So I think I'm just encouraging people that this is from a timing perspective, both because there is new technology coming, but simply from where we are in the market, I would just encourage people to stop and think. If you are going to go through some kind of disruption, then that's a great time to just pause and think about if disruption is inevitable, then what would be the right thing to do going forward? Because I'm going to be disrupted anyway. So do I disrupt myself and keep doing what I was doing? Or do I disrupt myself, but do something that's much, much more powerful, that's much, much more capable and, and enables our business to do something that it couldn't do before? Yeah, and I think that point about disruption is huge because you know, you know, obviously, cards on the table. Obviously, we've seen that with NetApp Absolutely. haven't we, in the yeah. past, where you know this this move to what people used to, you know, we now just call on tap, but this move to clustered on tap. I mean, that was a big disruptive change for people. But I, but I think where where disruption really plays part is if you're still building the way you deliver data services to an organisation, if you're still tying that to specific bits of hardware, whoever the vendor is, when that vendor makes a change that's going to potentially drive disruption and potentially force you to change strategy because they've changed their strategic direction themselves. I think this is the importance for me of why we like to talk to people about, and obviously the conversation we've had, this idea of data strategy. If you build your state, your strategy focused on the data and how you get the best out of that, I feel that you are far less likely to have 
you know, this negative disruption. I mean, you can always have positive disruption. I think that's never a bad thing, but negative disruption where your whole data strategy is kind of sideswiped because a vendor has made a change that you hadn't seen coming. I think if you focus from what I want from the data and work down, I, I just feel you're less susceptible to that kind of that kind of impact. Um, but I think, Matt, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting conversation. Say, it's, it's something that I, I, I talk about a lot. Obviously, we, we've talked about it in the past before and, 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 again, in kind of the random conversation that led to this episode. Um, you know, a, 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 one of the things that we've talked about before, and I, I, I know you said, you know, you don't really want to make this a, about NetApp, this conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've done a pretty good job of not doing that. But, you know, for me, I, I mean, I look at some of the stuff that NetApp are doing in terms of starting to build out this idea of data platform as opposed to just you know data storage solutions you know it's so so for people who are listening to this and are interested in this idea of platform and strategies uh, is there some things that NetApp are doing or some some uh, some some information that NetApp have got available that that people might be able to go and have a look at and and kind of learn a little bit more yes i mean a, a good place to to start and a completely self gratuitous plug is um my recording from uh, from our in- our insight digital event last week um all of that content is still online if you do a search for digital insight um NetApp digital insight you'll find the recordings and, and i did a talk it was about 10 minutes of kind of walking through you know what does a data fabric look like um, and what are the elements that, that we bring that we think can kind of help a company bring their data fabric to life in a, in a very unique way and and it's it's amazing for me when you just walk through that at how much that we've done I mean yes like I've said previous times during the call already, there is always the endpoints. You know, you have to deliver what what you believe to be the best kind of on-premises, all flash technologies. You have to have a solid HCI platform and you need to be able to offer your services across any one of the cloud providers. You know, so that, that provides you a sort of foundational layer. And I think we've made great progress in that, you know, with our HCI, with our all flash fast, with our object platform, and with the ability for us to have our storage or our technologies available in pretty much any hyperscaler in any region. You I mean, to do that is a multi-year effort. And I think we're well ahead of, of where others are. But it's when you start to look at that next layer up, the fact that we can then discover all of these endpoints and volumes within them, even if they're not ours, the fact you can start to integrate them, to simply connect one volume to another, regardless of where those volumes reside, the fact you can start to optimize, telling people, you know, for every single volume on every single endpoint, are there things you could do to continuously reduce the cost and optimize the fabric over time? And then with some of the recent acquisitions with Talon, which means we can now do global file caching from a cloud backend out to multiple remote locations with a global file lock. We have our compliance capability, allowing us to run an AI-powered um, compliance check against any data that exists in our volumes across any cloud provider, including native S3 storage. You know, when you start to, to look at all of that, it, and I always tell people the breadth of what we can do because I need them to understand the, the, the scope of what a conversation could be. But the reality is, once I've explained that, it's then, but what are you trying to do? What's the the problem you're trying to solve, the possibility you're trying to create, the transformation initiative that you're trying to support or enable for your business? Because if we can talk about that, we can talk about what a data strategy would look like and what a data platform that would sit behind that would start to, to need to look like and come together. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's um, yeah, absolutely spot on. I, I can't, you know, I, I can't encourage people enough that you know whether they've used NetApp in the past on prem in their data centres. I, I don't think it really matters. I, I mean, I would strongly urge people to have a look at what NetApp are doing in this space. I think some really interesting technologies. You know, Matt talked about kind of that that recent acquisition of Talon with the that gives NetApp a global file caching solution. You know, and it's also for me seems like a really good bridge to start to integrate public cloud more tactically into the way that you were uh, the, the way you deliver your business services you know using cloud for what it's really good at keeping stuff on prem that uh, that maybe you need to keep on prem uh, but I, I, you know, I genuinely believe NetApp have got a really interesting breadth of portfolio to allow you to start to layer these solutions together and to, to build true data platforms so um so but you know i think as always always a pleasure to have a chat with you um I think it's been a really interesting conversation um I, i'm with you 100 i think it's absolutely it's time for people to start looking at developing data strategies rather than kind of more more broad it strategies have something focused on data so that we we know how to get the best out of for what for lots of companies is a is a hugely valuable asset so um so matt look thanks for your time really appreciate it um if, if people want to find out more about what you're up to how to stalk you online that kind of thing uh where, where's the best places to find you you can find me all over the socials, so plenty of places to stalk me. Um, I've got my blog site, which is watts-innovating.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, at mtjwatts, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And I'm all over the place, and I, I respond, look at them all and respond to them all. So, uh, yeah, feel free, to, feel free to stalk me. Uh, well, there, there you go. There's there's always an open invitation to do okay. some online stalking uh, in the best possible way, of course. So, um, well, look, for now, Matt, uh, great pleasure to have you back on. Look forward to speaking to you again uh, sometime in the near future and uh, speak to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Thank you very much, Paul. It was a delight. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. And if you've got an idea for a show or would like to appear as a guest, then why not drop me an email at podcast at techstringy.com. Next time, we continue the data strategy theme as we take a look at why to build a data analytics strategy. So to make sure you catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. So until next time, thanks for listening.